0: The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. I have my, uh, industrial-sized uh, Wonder Woman coffee mug. I see that. I, uh, I'm of a mind. There is a, a, the scene from The Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. after everybody's being tortured. And they drag Han Solo in and drop him on the floor. Mm-hmm. Right. And he says, I feel terrible. <laughs> That's where I am right now. I can completely... Minus the Princess empathize. Leah. Minus the... Yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah,
1: no, bad. I'm not... There's, we're not doing that scene. No.
0: Greetings, everyone. Welcome to uh, this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. And... Uh, I am Timothy night. Harvey. Yeah. And we are uh, on our 123rd-ish, I think, episode. It's hard to tell anymore. These... I, Two very uh, tired guys. No. I'm exhausted. <laughs> this... Um, the The MTV thing... Has turned into a a, a month of Mondays. Yeah. I mean, it has just been grueling the the schedule that we're doing because now we're we're just wrapping up our second week of overnight yeah. shoots. So starting at nine ten o'clock at night and going all the way through to about seven eight o'clock in the morning, it's rough. I think my feet are swollen. Sure, I've been on my feet no, no. all the time. So. So, yeah. Back in
1: my Borders days, uh, we used to do overnights during the holiday season. Mm. So, you'd come in and, you know, you want to make sure everything was stocked for... Sure. ...one of the, you know, the biggest shopping quarter of the year. Exactly. And um, so, we would do the 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. runs. And we did it for about two weeks.
0: It's much easier to do when you're 20-something.
1: Oh, yeah. I was 25, 26, 27 years yeah, old. That And it was it was actually okay but it that for it's a rough adjustment period because if you're if that's your life i mean if you're working that gig if that is right. your because i mean there are folks out there who do this all the time this is that's that's their work schedule
0: yeah my sister is a nurse she works uh night shift
1: but yeah so when you do but you, when you do that all the time that's the schedule you be, uh, you get into yeah but the reality is is that for somebody like you which is that's not your regular what do you mean
0: somebody like me
1: Someone like you who is working mostly <laughs> during the days day. Yeah. <laughs> Someone like me no, too, because
0: I had uh, we did we did the overnight, and then as soon as I got done there, I had to get cleaned up and drive an hour north uh, to Leavenworth, right, to shoot video for another project. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, like, I'm just like, well, that's that's
1: God, that's, man, that's what I mean. Right. you're not you're not you're not stopping work during the day, right? You're actually still doing stuff during yeah, the day I'm as well. That.
0: But um, all that to say that, despite the fact that I'm physically miserable right now, uh, I am not miserable. About the the outcome of the conference call that we had yeah. earlier this week with the WorldCon people, um, this episode is going to be uh, a little bit shorter, uh, a lot shorter because you I going to shoot I, to go I, to, I it to, it for a shoot to. little go to. while. <clears throat> so what we're what we're doing here is just going to do a, a very preliminary uh, going over the things uh, that we've got planned for the World Science Fiction Convention. And we've talked a little bit about this mm-hmm. uh in, in other in other episodes, but I just wanna get a little bit more specific and drill down because some of the conversation we had with the with the WorldCom people are like you're gonna do what? <laughs> you wanna This is Nobody's ever done this before. Right? It's like, well, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the point. That's what we want to do. We want to. We want to break new ground here. So, um. So yeah. So we're going to have a space out at WorldCon.
1: So what is WorldCon for, for the folks Worldcon. who may not have, may be following? For those along. of you
0: who have missed it, WorldCon is the World Science Fiction Convention, and what this is is a literary convention. This is not your Comic Con. This is right. not your you know your your Planet Comic Con or your comic book convention or or anything like that um this is a paid membership attendance convention mm-hmm. where people are uh coming in not only for uh, literary workshops, writers workshops, um you know, meeting with editors, meeting with other other uh, authors, illustrators, the the panels and the workshops are specific to the craft of writing and illustrating uh, science fiction fantasy horrors the, the genre stuff so you're you've got this it's more of a it's more of a professional industry type of of convention than it is just a fandom convention
1: right and uh, not to say <clears> that these <throat> folks aren't fans but i mean right. it's, it's the fans and, the fans, fans who are in the, in the industry and
0: fans can attend I mean, oh, of course, yes. anybody anybody can buy a membership and go um what that also affords you is voting rights uh nomination and voting rights uh, for World Science Fiction Society Business mm-hmm. and the Hugo Awards. Right. Uh, Worldcon is where they dish out the Hugos every year. Mm-hmm. And last year, uh, the Hugos, they, they have been uh, live streaming the Hugos. They have their own Ustream channel. Right. And we did a live journal update as as the Hugos were going on, we were reporting on it live on right. our site and got quite a quite a, a good bit of traffic off of sure. that. But the the U stream for Hugos, I think they had maybe about twenty five hundred or three thousand people watching it live. Mm-hmm. And that number has since grown to some something like ninety thousand people have actually sat and watched the video. Sure. In in the interim. So Because
1: we've actually moved to the point where where watching something live is no longer the important thing that it really used to be because. Right. Which is actually...
0: why we're planning on doing all of our coverage live. Right. <laughs> well, but at the same time we're,
1: yes, then that's what we want to do. So basically we're going to be there the whole week. That's the plan. That's the plan. We're going to be there the whole week. That's, yeah. that is the plan. We're going to sit there and we are going to cover the whole thing live.
0: Yeah. Um And, and the way I've tried to explain it to people is uh, using the analogy of the Olympics, or uh, the political conventions. Mm-hmm. Right now, the sure. Republican convention is going on. Democrat convention is next week. So it's a little bit easier to wrap your head around that kind mm-hmm. of an idea. Or you have the anchors in the booth. Mm-hmm. Great. Right. As it were. And and more than likely, that's going to be us. Probably. And Cammie uh, i will be out there. Dan Hanley will be out there. Maya, I think, is going to be there. Um, we're going to have various different people on the team that are that are there throughout the week. And then... We'll have the reporter on the sideline type of thing where we're going. We're going to have uh, one place set up where we're actually, hi, we're out here at Bottle Hall, and you know, and, and have the the group conversations and the hosting right. and, and that. And then off to the side, we're going to have a space set for. Uh, one-on-one interviews, like man on the street type of things. Like, sure. Oh, right. hey, George R. R. Martin, come over here real quick and give us five minutes, which we would to... like to have happen. That'd be great, absolutely. Uh, it, George. and and did get. Uh, I guess should should I? Should well, I you can definitely say
1: that he said that he would be okay he with it, but it's, it's open. It's to, not a. It's not yeah, a done deal. It's
0: not a done deal, but we did get a tentative. A
1: very nice response
0: from very nice, very polite, uh, and very immediate. Yeah, I mean, it was it was quick turnaround uh, from Alan Dean Foster. Who has written a number of novelizations? A couple of three, yeah. Uh, the Hundred most notable, I think, ish. well, Star Wars. Yeah, the yeah. one, even though his name's not on it, wasn't on it the first time it was published.
1: Well, yes, and he's also he had a very successful to. career under. writing for his own stuff as yes. well.
0: Yeah, so um, we have a we have a tentative yes, uh, time permitting, right. depending on the schedule. And, uh, and and all I think of that. we'll
1: fig- see if we can figure out a way to make th- that work around whatever his schedule is. Yeah.
0: Well, and I'm <laughs> hoping we do. I, I'm hoping we can do it on Star Wars Day because Mid-America mid 2 is the convention mm-hmm. and they host Worldcon 74. So basically like last year in Seattle, it was Sasquatch was the convention right. hosting Worldcon. So each each year, a different convention hosts Worldcon. This year, it's Mid-Americon 2 in Kansas City. And the reason it's Mid-Americon 2 is because they've named it after the first Worldcon that was here mm-hmm. in 1976, Worldcon 1, Mid-Americon 1, not Worldcon 1. That was that was much longer yeah, ago. Yeah, a little while ago. Uh, uh, Mid-Americon 1 was in 1976. And one of the highlights of that year... Which I find ironic, given that this is a literary convention. Well, okay. Uh, Well, yeah, we can get into that a little bit. But the fact that, um, well, it speaks to the prestige of the event that George Lucas and Mark Hamill showed up to this thing to promote Star Wars in 1976. Little, Little film.
1: Nobody it, heard yeah, of it. You know, no, a not a lot from, of not a lot yeah. of uh, press on it initially.
0: And uh, a man named Charles Lippincott. People, you know, people know him as Charlie Lippincott. He right. had put together. He was part of the marketing efforts at the time, and he had put together this this display, this presentation of the Star Wars. You know, this is this is this new movie that's coming out that you know nobody's ever heard of. And at the time, nobody had ever heard of it. It was. I mean, this was 1976. Star Wars was not a thing back right. then. And the word is that Charlie Lippincott will be at Min two which is really cool. With the presentation that he had in nineteen seventy six. For Star Wars, and now,
1: whether it's the original material or it's a recreation, doesn't yeah, matter. it Doesn't matter.
0: It's here's what was on display in nineteen. I'm looking forward to seeing that so much. That's, I'm actually really excited about that. Yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be really, really, really fascinating. And I'm hoping that we get a chance to sit and talk to him about it. Oh, because yeah, because that great. would be a great, uh, a which great is
1: kind piece. of what we want to do for a lot of this. Is there's so many, there's so much talent there. Oh yeah, that even just uh, if we got to talk to ten percent of it. We would be talking to some real, just an amazing list of talented people.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, the get the guests of honor uh, we've got uh, Craft, uh, Patrick and Teresa Neeson Hayden from Tor Books, mm-hmm. uh, and they have their own set of followers and detractors, of, of course, course. Yes, well. uh, Tamara Pierce, Michael, San, uh, Michael Swanwick, and Pat Cadigan. But if you go into the also appearing mm-hmm, list. Sure. Uh, the other people that are there, I mean, the the names on this list, G- Gerard Ackerman, John Joseph Adams, who's nominated for Hugo for Editing, Kevin J. Anderson, we've talked to him a number of times. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, Robin Wayne Bailey, Sharon Bast, Elizabeth Bear, uh, Mitchell Bentley, Gregory Benford, uh, Sage Blackwood, David Boop. I wonder if he gets people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Boop. I probably imagine he's got
1: a sharp you, stick to you poke see the them video? with.
0: Did you see that? There's a video. Um, it was a GIF that's been floating around on, on Facebook. Um, it's a white cat. He's kind of got a rather flat face. And somebody boops him on the nose. And he buries his face in the floor. <laughs> like, oh, no. no poop. It is so funny. David Brin... Um, uh, Kirk Kirk- Kirk Busiek, uh, yeah. uh Bill, Bill Campbell, Campbell, Jack uh, Jack yeah. Campbell, um, Thomas K. Carpenter. We've got an interview with him on our bunker.
1: Jeffrey Carver. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really impressive list.
0: Oh Arthur- yeah, Arthur Chu, John Chu, Wesley Chu, Neil Clark, Renee Collins. I, I this is just a, a handful. Paul, Paul Cornell, Cornell. Uh, Ellen Datlow. Oh, yeah. it will be good to meet her in person. Yeah, we can sit and talk with her. Steve Davidson from Amazing. Oh wait, no. Steve Davidson is not going to be there, I don't think, because of his wife's medical condition. She's oh, got cancer, oh, yeah. so they're, they're dealing with that. And we do wish them all the of best. Of course, yes. Um, uh, let's see, Seth Dickinson, William Dietz, mm-hmm. Tom Doherty from uh, Bay and Books. Right. That'll, that'll be fun to sit and talk with him. If oh, we, yeah. If we can get a, a little bit of time with him just to talk about how he's built that, that, uh, that publishing company. Bill Fawcett. Carl Fink, Eric Flint. Yeah. Um I don't see is David Weber's name on here yet? I mean t-
1: It's an t- a, it's a really impressive list. Yes, and that's and that's one of the things about about the Hugo Awards and and the whole
0: Oh, Todd McCaffrey is listed. Oh, cool.
1: George R. R. Martin, of course. George R. R. Martin, is of course. Yeah, he's he's always there.
0: Uh Rebecca Mesta, who's Kevin J. Anderson's wife, mm-hmm. of course she's gonna be there. Um Ellie, Ellie Medezet, uh, Deborah Nicholson. I mean, I mean the list, the list goes yeah, no, on and on. So it's, and on
1: it's and a on. it really is some of the uh, most amazing talents in the industry, and yeah. John and Smallsie. not only not only uh, the publishers. I mean, not only the writers, but a lot of the publishers, some of the people who are behind actually yeah. bringing the books to the public, and the editors, right? And and if you are part of if you deep dive like we often do. Mm-hmm. You get a sense of who the publishers are and who the editors are. Some of these folks, because if you if you've read a story collection, remember when story collections were like a really big. They, you, they, yeah. they, they don't have the they don't have the cachet they used to have, but sixties, seventies, eighties. I think early, really into the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: I think Bantam had a lot of Bantam Spectra, Del Rey. You would have
1: these these collections of short stories. Now, short stories are always a. A lot, a lot of some of the the finest writers that we think of, when we think of the science fiction and fantasy and just the genre stuff, a lot of those people were short story writers. And they were published mm-hmm. in magazines like Amazing Stories, or um, they were published in. Uh, well, a lot of them, a lot of them were writing for. they were publishing in Playboy. They were publishing in. Asimov, uh, astounding stories. You'd have all these. They would reach these large arguments. Omni. Omni. The,
0: they, they'd reach large arguments. <laughs> they, oh yes, We've they got a have, few of those too. We would reach, yes,
1: they would certainly reach large, large, but they would they would reach large audiences through not only the the genre magazines that also reach them to the mainstream press, um, and but you would get these story collections where they were bringing out the best science fiction, and they still come out.
0: Yeah, well, um, how many how many years did we get the best of Trek, mm-hmm, Trek right. magazine, and and that stuff? A lot of that stuff wasn't fiction; it was it was essays and analysis and and you know, thought, think pieces on the meaning behind something in Star Trek.
1: Right, and whether it was fiction or nonfiction, behind this putting it all together would be an editor, and those editors would would not just sometimes they were writers on the, the by themselves, but sometimes they were just editors. And when I say just, that's really playing it down because well, it yeah, takes a mean, lot of a, skill. There's a focus there. Yeah, and they would they would because if you had 15 stories or 25 stories or whatever it was in a book, that was what survived mm-hmm. the cuts. Yeah. And, and somebody's
0: got to read all of those and
1: make and make judgment calls that you can back up with sales numbers. Mm-hmm. And so these are really, really talented people when it came to putting these things together, so having some of these editors there um you know the folks who are behind the publishing as well as the writers and artists is actually really really cool if a, if you are a fan and and you follow this stuff, yeah, and this is what this kind of convention is for, which is for the folks who do i mean as opposed to you know it, <laughs> again it's that it it's the one we get to use over and over and over again, you know that second tier character Iron Man. Um yeah. that exploded, you know, exploded the Marvel universe out to the world. So you have all these fans who are fans of the movies but don't read the comics. Yeah. These are the folks who not only read the comics, but they read, you know, all the comics, back to issue one.
0: And the fan theories and behind the And the fan theories the behind the comics. And,
1: and the essays yeah. on, you know, how do Superman's powers work? Yeah. And how much money would Batman actually have to have to do, you know. Except but they're the real they're the real detailed articles. I mean it's it's these are this is a really amazing group of fans. And, and there
0: are some of those essays. There's there's an actual category for
1: yeah.
0: um, related works, I guess mm-hmm. is what they're calling it, in in the Hugo categories. Which, <clears throat> excuse me, the Hugo ceremony will be, I think, Friday night. Right. Um, we've got Star Wars Day, which is another uh, another piece of the programming. There's the masquerade. Uh, well, the masquerade's going to be on Friday, which I think is going to be the opening... ...of the day, mm-hmm. and then uh, Hugo's, Hugo's are either going to be uh, Friday night or Saturday. Oh, Hugo's Saturday, will be on Saturday. So the, the masquerade will be Friday night, uh, the Hugo's will be Saturday night, and um, that's when they hand out all of the awards.
1: Right, and that will be...
0: I think they're going to still... Stream that on their UStream channel, right? So we're not going to step on that. and No, and we'll, we'll, take we'll that, be
1: reporting but, on it, but we'll it'll we'll, yeah, it'll we'll be report. our it'll be on a separate thing.
0: But the other thing too, yeah, as part of WorldCon, the Campbell Conference, mm-hmm, which right. is normally held in June over on the campus of the University of Kansas, uh, the Campbell Conference is named for John W. Campbell, who was a, a big science fiction writer back in the day, and uh, the James Gunn Center for the Study of Science Fiction has a writer's workshop every year. And they have two awards that they give out, the John right. W. Campbell Award and the Theater Sturgeon Award. And this is there's two John W. Campbell named awards. There's the John W. Campbell Memorial Award. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And
0: then there's the John W. Campbell Award. I think the Memorial Award is what the Campbell Conference does here mm-hmm. in, in the Kansas City area. But normally it's held in June. Right. And a lot of the authors who would normally attend that and Worldcon, uh, we're looking at the fact that they're going to have to buy a plane ticket to right. Kansas City. Twice. Twice. In is a couple it, of months. Is there any way that we can maybe uh, do all those at once? So the Campbell Conference is actually moving this year. Instead of do- going in June like they normally would, they're going to be an academic track mm-hmm. in, the, in the, the panel programming at Worldcon. So you get a twofer right so anybody that's going uh for 1 gets the other and we're going to we're going to be in there we're going to look at when they have all of their programming set into place we're going to be looking at all the different panels and workshops and see which ones uh we want to get into with cameras and at the very least we will have some three to five minute video packages on you know kind of like the kind of like the highlight reel from the city council meeting. Sure, you know where right. we have you know this various different sound bites and you just go in and and here's what happened. Or
1: if you're watching, if you're listening to this in the middle of all this Republican silly season, like you know then you know at the end of at the end of the
0: not just a Republican silly season, I, political uh, silly season.
1: Yeah, well, right now it's. A, Republican silly right now, season. Next yeah. week it'll next be de- 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 Democrats yeah. silly season. But you'll be able you know, you'd get that end of the night kind of retrospective where the people sit there and go, and mm-hmm. here's the highlights from tonight, you know, and yep. Yep. the next morning, here's the highlights from yes last night. Yeah. It's gonna be that kind of thing. But we're you know, where we can we'll be live streaming the whole you know and, and obviously and- our concern is we are we are concerned about what what the, the staff and the and the, the people there are comfortable with. We're not going to oh, step sure. on anybody's toes. But
0: well, as I much as we, some, I want to do some toe stepping. Okay, well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see what we can do. But well, for the most part, we want to we want to have everybody be excited and about getting sure. it out there to, sure. to
0: the folks. Well, at home. and the other thing too is, you know we we have all of these ambitious plans for live streaming this whole thing. That's right. assuming that the technology is going to right. We let think us the technology is going to the the let us work. Yeah, but we'll so see. so there are there are other options in place in case the live component doesn't come together. Well, and, but... and we could talk about that a little bit, too.
1: I mean, if we want yeah, to. Because even if we're not able to stream live, we have we will be putting this stuff together throughout the course of the day. Yeah. And then uh, streaming it live involves working within the convention center's own uh, internet system, for the most um, part, more or less.
0: Yeah, more or less.
1: And And if not, then relying on the power of hot spots, hot spots, which is where we sit there and go, eh. um,
0: but well, given the fact that that you and I are not going to be moving around a lot, we <laughs> We can probably pull in there, but
1: if we even if we're even if we can't do that, we're going to be able to be putting this stuff together throughout the course of the day and then getting it out, it'll either go out you know at at the end of the day for the con or mm-hmm. depending on whether or not we can send somebody. You runner, go. You know, yes, here here's Yes, here, go upload this. <laughs> um so we'll we'll get stuff out in a very quick turnaround time. So oh, that's you what you we're excited about.
0: You know what we haven't mentioned yet? What's that? Where our live stream coverage is going to be. It's oh, gonna yeah. be on sci fi for me TV, which is our YouTube channel. So you go to youtube.com slash sci-fi for me. Um and we'll have a link in our and on the main page, we'll, we'll have, have that a link everywhere, <laughs> um, and then we'll put it on all of the social media and everything. Um, It'll
1: be all the places
0: we're talking right now. We're trying to figure out our best option for a gallery for the masquerade, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's going to be on Flickr or Pixel, uh, Pixlr or whatever. I don't, I don't, I don't know.
1: That, I, you, the, there's a lot of options, you know. See, oh, that yes, reminds me. Finger pointing in my that face, reminds what?
0: Me, um, back. You remember back a few months ago when um, they replaced the water main out here in the yeah, neighborhood? Yeah, sure. I mean, right. all—I mean, the streets were all torn up and mm-hmm. there was dirt everywhere and the grass was dead. And all stuff, right, right. Well, last week they came through and they scraped down all of the all of the medians. You know, the, the, that little patch of grass between the sidewalk right, and the sure. street. Right, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. So they go through the, the entire street mm-hmm. and they 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 cut it all down. They they grind it all down to the dirt right i come out what are you guys doing oh they're gonna lay sod oh okay yeah it was something they were supposed to do about three or four months ago after they finished putting in the water main they were supposed to come right back in and do this i was like okay well you know it's it's summer now it's warmer and sure you're not gonna lay down sod in february but right so they've been laying it down so as we go to break And y'all can listen to a message from SuperheroStuff.com. I can actually now say, have you seen my new lawn? Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (sighs) We'll be right back, folks.
0: This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com! From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and
1: everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com! where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's gonna be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well now, do they? That's why every week Sci-Fi for Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the conventions tab over at sci-fiforme.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse.
0: Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an Atomic Cotton design. Atomic Cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult
1: films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one.
0: I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope.
1: AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton. Where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans.
0: Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here Inviting you to join me for the latest news Rumor and innuendo from a galaxy Far, far away Salacious Crumbs, only on Sci-Fi For Me TV Back on H2O Jason Hutt here along with Timothy Harvey Hello there Talking about our plans for Mid-American 2 The 74th Annual World Science Fiction Convention I have sent a script To Tom Kane Uh Who is the voice of the Oscars
1: Yes, among other things.
0: Narrator Smurf, <laughs> uh, Professor Newtonium, One on the Powerpuff Girls.
1: Iron Man Magneto.
0: Iron Man Magneto. Um, some little obscure character called Yoda. I've heard of him. Yeah, little guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. 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 Green well, tint. I've, yeah, heard, a little, I've heard. I've heard mention of this fellow. Dog. Yes and uh, so he has been for those of you who have been astutely paying attention uh, he has been our voice for a number of years now oh yeah tom's great guy. uh doing all the little bits and pieces you know the little intros and we're the, big fans. the copyrights and stuff we're very appreciative because he mm-hmm. does that just cause and you know i we've we've a we've let, he's had some he's gotten some of the superhero stuff swag and oh sure Give him a mug and give him a t-shirt.
1: Do I give He's him a, f- a mug?
0: I think I give him a mug. You oh, you better have given it. I know I've given him a t-shirt. I, th- I if think. If you have him, not
1: given him, a I mug, think I've then, given him a mug, then you're a bad
0: person. I, I know I put his name on a mug. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think. I think the one time. Well, I don't know. I think I've given him a t-shirt. I think the mug is still here because at the convention uh, when I was when we were going to give it to him, I accidentally left it here. So oh, okay. We still got to get him a mug, but yeah, I mean, there is one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just don't think it's in the fans yet. Um so yeah, so that's uh that's what we've got coming up with WorldCon. Not only the interviews mm-hmm. and analysis of, you know, the Hugos and and that sort of thing, but I think what we're also going to be doing while we're out there are live versions of all our podcasts. Right. Most of our podcasts, well, a yeah. few of our podcasts. Um I think we're going to do we'll we'll do an H2O out there. Yes, we will. We will maybe do an echo chamber. I think echo chamber would be a good spot to see if we can get some people coming in on both sides of the Hugo controversy. Yeah, because there are going to be some people there from Sad Puppies, and there are going to be some oh yeah people that, there from the Puppy Kickers. And... From
1: from for those of you who who have managed to miss it, there's there's a certain um, left versus right. Um, Fun versus pretentious. Uh, you can break it down a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Um, and viewpoint of of what kind of stuff is getting nominated and winning awards. And the last couple of years, and this year's is no exception, uh, has been a, uh attempt to get your platform, whatever your platform is. Right. Represented in the nominees and the awards, and last year was Although
0: a... the the puppies list. Now, I'm not talking about rabid puppies, but the sad puppies list right. has been a, a fairly good mix of yes, and honestly, and viewpoints. I don't see any particular agenda on those lists.
1: Well, I think then that's and that becomes one of the big questions all the way around is there's been debate over who's actually got an agenda does somebody actually have an agenda is how much of it's perception how much of it's is the industry changing how much of it is there's so many different ways to look at this thing right and you can look at it as a left right thing you can look at it as a a we should you know we should be nominating the adventure story versus the thought piece you know and except that it's I, there's some there's, a, there's a lot more grays i think than, yeah. than uh, there's there's so many
0: see i don't have a problem with a thought piece getting nominated mm, of for a hugo as long as it tells a good story, well, and at the that's end, that. At the end of the day, and we've talked about oh, this sure, before, story, 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 story. story, story. Uh, you know, uh, if you were a dinosaur, my love,
1: crap. Well, but I think that the issue comes down to every award show since the dawn of the award show. Yes has been there's at least one award one winner there's somebody that wins something which is just there's
0: always an article when the nominations come out there's always an article surprises and snubs well and you
1: go every every time the oscars rolls around you will see an article somewhere someone will pull this out and dust it off and update it which they will go back and they will look at all the oscar winners Mm -hmm. versus the nominees and you'll sit there and go okay which of these films have you seen? Right. And there's sheer number of, of best picture winners that nobody have seen because they were within that year. 19... They were the they were the the movie. Yeah. But but it also was a a film that had no
0: no legs on it. It didn't last beyond that year. Name I mean, name the the best picture winner for 1977. Aha. Uh-huh. 1977. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was Annie Hall. Now, Annie Hall is not a bad movie, however... Also nominated for Best Picture that year, Star Wars. Well, well, but... Okay. Which one has lasted longer in the zeitgeist of the popular culture?
1: Well, actually, both have, unfortunately... Woody Allen films have a taint to them now because of the personal life thing that ends up happening. I
0: don't. I don't see. But, it's, don't it, but see it's a different Annie kind of audience. Hall, I don't see Annie Hall cosplayers. I don't no, see no, no, Annie no, no, Hall. No, no, but, 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 Annie Hall doesn't okay. have a fandom. <clears throat> okay, but well, maybe maybe they do. They know, it. Well, but it's
1: it, okay. We're looking at different things here because genre fans. Can you
0: imagine a bunch of people showing up at a at a comic con dressed like Diane Keaton?
1: Yes, I can imagine that <laughs> without any trouble whatsoever. Fandom is fandom, genre fandom is a very different thing than the average moviegoer. Mm -hmm. You know that. We know that because we, uh, we have, I I made the mistake of looking at the fandom breakdowns on tvtropes.com. Uh huh. And they break it down like it's, you know, in detail breakdowns of, of, so we have the, the good fans all the way down to the, kill it with fire fans <laughs> uh, that's not what they call it but basically it's you know the, the, that, that fan you want to look at it and go please go away from me yes <laughs> because i don't the... want to
0: see you again until the heat death of the universe <laughs> yes, and
1: not I... even then because they're the fans who ruin it for everybody but uh-huh. so but most fans are not that people but so but but genre fans have you know yes you're not going to find a woody allen convention Oh, that's probably not true. There's probably a Woody Allen convention somewhere. There
0: could somewhere. be. There could be. There's convention for everything anymore.
1: But it's yeah, Star Wars Star Wars was a game changer. And that's part of what we we look at when we look at these awards things because genre has always genre films have always had a rough time getting widescreen acceptance in the yeah. in the in the in the awards territory. And that some of that just comes out of the very simple fact that at in the history of literature in the history of entertainment, um, there has always been a, a rather artificial distinction between literature yeah. and pulp, genre fiction or whatever. And, and genre fiction doesn't... It, we're not just talking about science fiction and fantasy. We're talking about anything that isn't...
0: All the adventure stories. Ra-
1: well, I mean, mystery novels and romance novels Westerns. and Westerns. Yeah. Because... And, and there's... A lot of that, I think, has to do with just the way that, that a lot of this comes out of the British model of publishing. It's all kind of a carryover because the British they did they did all this stuff first. And all of this stuff comes out of literature versus the broadsheets and Penny Dreadfuls and and the 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 dime and Penny publications. I mean so it's 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 it kind it just followed over.
0: Right. But I think at the same time though, you there there are enough people in the in the industry now that recognize the literary potential of genre stuff whether oh, sure. it's whether it's science fiction or westerns or, or anything harlequin romance is probably not so much well but okay
1: I... but even then and, and cuz as a used book dealer when I when I was doing that you quickly realize that even there there's a stratification mm-hmm. okay so harlequin novels and a little little inside baseball here cuz I learned a lot about romance novels because we sold them we sold sure. them by, we sold yeah. them tons of them and so you learned who the the good authors were
0: sold them did you
1: yeah Okay, my mom is a Harlequin. My mom is a Harlequin reader. So when I was a teenager, I sat down and read three Harlequin novels in an hour. Now I am a fast reader, but that's wow. And so, but they're they're that's... they're through stuff. I mean, they're you know,
0: it's like Harry Potter novels.
1: Ooh, <laughs> I'm gonna scoot away from you.
0: No, uh, the. So no, but it's it's. Yeah, but, but by that I mean okay, the Harry Potter books are very light fluff, easy reads. Well, no,
1: so I'd argue that because they start off that way, but those they go through the rest of the series, they age with the with the with the yeah, audience, from, so they get darker and
0: darker and darker. Well, no, darker, darker, more but complicated. I'm talking about it in terms of substance, in well, terms of the meat of the story. It's still. I
1: think people could argue that with you, but. When you I mean look would. well, people argue about anything. But when you got into the romance stuff, you had your your harlequins, and then you had your historicals, and blah blah blah. Break it all down at the top, quote the top, right, mm. quote unquote.
0: At <laughs> the were things
1: like your regencies, mm. and the regencies were written by people with history degrees, wow.
0: so they were accurate. I had a I had a thing I had a, a thought hit me mm. because I was explaining uh, to somebody the other day. I was talking about the uh, the difference between the WorldCon type of conventions, mm-hmm. you know, like Conquest here in Kansas City, the literary c- sure, conventions, right. versus the media stuff, the pop culture, the mm-hmm. comic cons, and that kind of thing, and uh, you know, it, there's there is an impression, sure, uh, earned or not, and we've and we've talked to a couple of people who've actually worked on these things before about the inside attitude right, on these yeah. things. But the impression for some people is that these literary conventions are a little bit more, you know, nose in the air, highbrows, snooty, snooty. And as and as I was explaining the difference in these conventions, this mm-hmm. person, I thought of John Houseman. Remember John Houseman? Of course. Do you remember the commercials that John Houseman did for? Um. Oh, and I can't even remember what it, what they were for. Now, um, it was I think it was for a, I think it was for an investment firm or something. We make money the old-fashioned way. We, we earn, earn it. This. Yes. That that just for whatever reason just popped into my head, <laughs> and I thought that's it. It's that upper crust, better than everybody else attitude. That some of these conventions have a reputation for having, whether it's actually you know legitimate or not, mm-hmm. they have those reputations, and and you know we're not going to invite actors to this event, and you know and that and okay, that, sure. that conversation has actually been had at some of these right, conventions.
1: but I th- but I think also it's for the same people who are looking at, who make who make the argument that the wide stream the the wide wide stream mainstream, wider audience Mm. uh, doesn't necessarily look at genre fiction as having weight and having substance. These are conventions where they sit there and say, no, the genre fiction does have weight, does have substance, and we're going to look at that weight and substance. We're going to dive into that and analyze it and discuss it from the publishing side, from the detail side. So it's...
0: But at the same time, though, you look at something like Jessica Jones on Netflix.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I would... I would challenge anyone to sit there and say that that series, that comic book series, Mm -hmm. doesn't have weight.
1: And I would not take that argument against you because it does. I think it's it's an incredibly well-crafted, well-written, disturbingly accurate representation of some very, very dark subject matter in a superhero setting. And it works in a way, I'd say it's one of the finest things that Marvel Studios has actually produced.
0: I agree. I think it's great.
1: Um, and, but at the same time, it's also not made for the audience who's watching Guardians of the Galaxy. You hope you're getting crossover. Sure. But you know that there's a certain percent, and, and I imagine that beyond, and I, I, God only knows what the breakdown is, right? But we know that there are folks who go to the movies who don't read the comics. Mm. And so if you're going to... Whether or not they're going to want to watch, now they want the rollicking adventure movie. Maybe that's all they want, and that's fine. Yeah. They may not want the deep psychological just you know breakdown that Jessica Jones actually is. So I think that you, the audience for anything in literature or movies or music or whatever it is, anything that's in the perform the arts, right? That that, right. that part that gets you know that, that stimulates our imagination in whatever way it does mm-hmm. has such a range. Because there's room for, you know, spaceballs, and two thousand and one.
0: See, and I think I think some of the literary. Where is the Mel
1: Brooks that? riff on two thousand and one? That's what we're missing. That's that that would bring all of us together.
0: The Mel Brooks riff on two thousand and one. You you're you're mm-hmm. talking about. That. Well, <laughs> he he's got. He's supposed to be working on a, a sequel. I sequel now that Force Awakens, which is out.
1: fantastic. I hope that happens. Um, one of the great, one of the great comic geniuses of our time, and considering we just lost one.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, Gary Marshall. Um, well, see, and I and I think that's one of the thing. That's one of the challenges that WorldCon and conventions like it is now facing is in this day and age where the pop culture conventions, the comic cons. Are dominating the landscape.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do the literary conventions stay relevant? And that's one of the one of the one of the critiques that I've heard a number of times is these the, these conventions. The people that run these conventions are behind the times in terms of marketing, technology, social media, uh, content programming, and all of these things. In order to sit there and be relevant to a, a broader audience.
1: Well, but I think that you could also argue that by not trying to get the biggest audience and by focusing maybe a little more on getting the folks who actually care about the specific things that they're trying to cover, they are also keeping it from becoming the mob space that some of the larger cons have become. Because you and I have had experiences where we've moved through Kansas City Comic Con and Planet Comic Con, and sat there and went.
0: There's a lot of people. There's
1: a lot of people. I can't. Yeah. I can't look at anything. I don't have. You know. No. I don't. I can't move. And we have. And we're not talking about New York, or oh, San Diego, no. oh, San or San any yeah. of these places where. Because and I and, and I am not for a second saying you know make make things less accessible to people you right. know, um, but I'm also saying that I don't have a slightest problem with something that is our focus is going to be on the. Unless the pop culture aspects, and more on the analysis or the literary aspect or the publishing side of things, and recognizing that yes, your audience is not going to be as big, but your audience is also going to be the fans who are this is the stuff that they love versus the casual fan. Not discounting the casual fan at all, but you know how many people when we go to Planet Comic Con or Casey Comic Con or any other con, you know how many how many of those. It's like try to unplug things. Don't break things. How many of those folks are are going to be there for a couple hours and then they're going yeah. to go away? These are folks who are committing to a week mm-hmm. of of panels you know, in and panels and, and intense stuff with some of the best folks in the industry.
0: Yeah. And and with that in mind, was one of the reasons why we approached them and said, Hey, well, it, you know, people should know about this kind right, of thing. Yeah. And because when I when I was looking at the Sasquan uh schedule, mm-hmm. I was really surprised at how many panels right. there were at this time. Like, well, this is, this, why didn't anybody know about this kind of stuff? Because the
1: Hugo's, so, the awards gets the press.
0: Yeah, that leaving, gets all the attention.
1: Leaving and, aside whatever controversy might be involved, yeah. it's one of the biggest and oldest awards mm-hmm. in genre fiction. Yeah. yeah. Let, let alone science fiction fantasy. You yeah, know, it's, and, it's.
0: and I think that if if everything goes well, mm-hmm. knock on knock on any available hard surface, um maybe we set a precedent with our coverage of worldcon this year because again never been done before right and the worldcon people are sitting there saying oh, we've never done anything like this before and you could just hear you could just hear in their voices oh no oh no <laughs> what are we doing <laughs> What does this mean? If we bring these people in, will they break it? Um, and and,
1: <laughs> and we're sitting here going, we don't want to break it. We don't
0: <laughs> want to break it. We want to cover it. It's, it's <laughs> that, it's that, um, our, from our standpoint, it's, it's a hugely ambitious project for oh, us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... But it's exciting. The, the benefit to Worldcon, of course, is the extra attention Sure. that mm-hmm. you're going to get because, you know, people like to watch live video. Oh, yeah. Or, or, Tape delayed video or whatever it is that we're whatever gonna we can doing, get out. It's YouTube. It's video. You'll watch it, right? Um, so I think there's a, there's a unique opportunity here. And then, of course, you know, if the people in Helsinki next year want to do it again, I'm um, all for it. We're ready to go. Of course, we'll have to get our passports.
1: Uh, yeah, my mine's expired.
0: Yeah, and and uh, and this programming note: if if any of you are involved with a business that would like to advertise. Oh sure. Uh, we're starting to get advertisers lining up. Mm-hmm. Uh, actual actual people who are saying yes, we're going to we're <laughs> going to spend money and advertise on your stuff. I like it. So uh, advertisers, uh, we have uh, different packages that we're putting together now. Oh, it's it's of course very last minute. Oh yeah. But. Um, but there is that, and and yeah, so that's just a month away. It is, wow. And we're going to be wow. putting together some some articles and some interviews and some different packages that we're going to put out before the event, but then also, of course, the week of Worldcon. We'll have a lot of material, hopefully, mm-hmm. that we'll be able to put out uh, then as well. August 17th through the 21st are the dates. Uh, it is at the Kansas City Convention Center in Bartle Hall. Mm-hmm. If all goes well... And what's the God and the creek don't rise? Yeah. Uh, then we will have a live coverage from Worldcon 74.
1: It's going to be so cool. It is. I mean, even even if we don't get to do exactly everything we want to do with that, even if we find ourselves having to do the delay thing,
0: it's still going to be more than what they've had.
1: Right. Not only that, but it's, it's more yes. than what we've done. Right. And and I think the the fact that we can get that out to people and get and show off some of this stuff in ways it hasn't been before. Yeah. But I'm excited about just because that, because it moves around, because it's never uh, in the same place. You know, it's rarely in the same place twice. Right. Um, the fact that. We actually get a chance to go and be a part of it, uh, even at this level. Just being, just essentially going out and working at it, yes, um, is exciting to
0: me. It is. It is very exciting. We're looking forward to it. Hopefully, you are too. And uh, we're going to get the word out early. Um, Don't forget, uh, we'll be putting stuff out on all of our social media. Of course, in the meantime, if you've got specific uh, authors or or uh, guests of WorldCon that you'd like us to touch base with. Uh, and see if we can get interviews, you can send us those requests, h2o at sci fi for Or You can leave comments on all our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Google+, Plus, Twitter, Twitch. All
1: Googler. the places. We're not on Fortune. Not on 4 We're
0: not on God. Reddit. We're not on MySpace. We're not on Foursquare. No. <laughs> We're not on Yelp. We're not <laughs>
1: Yelp would be a very strange thing for us to be on. <laughs> uh,
0: you know. Uh,
1: also Foursquare. Uh, yeah. All right. So that's <laughs>
0: going to do it for us this week. Um, next week, maybe we're going to be back into somewhat of a normal schedule.
1: Uh, a pseudo one anyway. <sighs> maybe. We may be recording a little earlier in the day because I've got. I'm in mean, the Fringe Festival is next that's week. That's true. Yes. And I'm so I'm out there cool. in the world doing the fringe thing, so. Yes.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks very much for listening. If you are on iTunes, don't forget to rate and share and uh, uh, and of course uh, all of our latest headlines and fresh content over at scififorme.com. We will be back with another episode of H2O next week. Thanks for listening and watching. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2016
1: by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be
0: retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio.